the video, but I don't. It's just a CD, and I believe that you will like it as uh, Thomas plays it. And uh, go ahead, Thomas.
What a song. I've wore that song out over the last two weeks. I can't get enough of it. I keep playing it. I keep playing it. I keep playing it. I keep playing it. It keeps ministering to me. And it keeps telling me things that I know in my heart. And, you know, I've been playing it at work. And that's kind of rough at work when you're playing it at work because I get emotional. Maybe, maybe you don't, but I do. And I have a tendency to cry. I'm really choked up right now just thinking about it. Because God is on my side. And he's the one I believe in. He's the one I trust. He's the one I know will take care of me. I know I can't trust the federal government. I can't trust the state of Ohio. And I can't trust anything else. But I can trust him to take care of me. This song's called I Believe. Or just believe. This is from 1999. It's an old song. The words of it are, I say on Sunday how much I want revival. But by Monday... I can't even find my Bible. Where's the power? Where's the power of God in my life? I'm sick of playing the game of religion. You? You sick of playing the game of religion? I am. I'm tired of losing my reason for living. Where's the power? Where's the power of the cross in my life? I'm not content just to walk through my life, giving in to the lies, walking in compromises, now we cry out, a generation, a generation that was lost, but now is found in the power of the cross. <laughs> you know, they keep trying to do everything they can to make us stop doing this. They've, they, they've, tr they've tried to make, take the prayer out of the school, so what happens? The kids get in their own corner and go pray. They've tried everything they can to silence this word of God. They've went beyond all normal reason to silence this. But they can't. My God is stronger than all their uh, games, all the things that they might want to do. I'm not satisfied doing it my own way. <laughs> I'm not satisfied to do church and walk away. I'm not satisfied. There's no love in my life but you. I'm not satisfied living in yesterday's hour. I'm not satisfied to have the form, but not the power. I'm not satisfied, oh Lord, I'm crucified in you. We believe in you. We believe in the power of your word and its truth. We believe in you, so we lay down our cause so that our cross might be found in you. What a song. I just says so much. It says so much about how we should feel in this generation we live in. This is probably, we don't know the day or the hour the Bible says, but this is probably the last generation before he comes back. This is a generation we should be excited about what God is all about, what he's doing. We should be excited about all the turmoil going around on, around the world. Man, it's going on everywhere. Did you ever see a week like this? They're, they're rioting in Egypt. They're rioting in Yemen. They're rioting in everywhere. They're rioting up. up they got big protests going on in Columbus. got big protests going on in Wisconsin. It's crazy. Everything is out of control, except that God is in control. God is in control. We're going to talk a little bit about where your thinking's at. Because your thinking will have a lot to do with what God is able to do. Turn to Proverbs 23. 
Proverbs, the 23rd chapter. First verse says, when you sit down to eat with a ruler, consider carefully what is set before you and put a knife to your throat if you are a man given to appetite. Anybody in here like to eat? I'm with you, Mike. Me too, bud. Okay, right. Anyhow, do not desire his delicacies, for they are deceptive food. Do not overwork to be rich. Now, I got a few guys here that work at Gladfelder with me. And Gladfelder seems to love me to work 12-hour days. I don't know why. Uh, I, it just kind of works out that way. I mean, somebody's off, you get a 12-hour day. Somebody takes a week of vacation, you get a 12-hour day. So, therefore, I'm making a lot of money. Unfortunately, I have Jen to go spend it because I don't have time. So, God loves us. And He doesn't want us to get trapped in the things of this world. He doesn't want us to walk in that. We don't have to. We're His kids. He takes care of us, He provides for us. Do not overwork to be rich because of your own understanding. Cease, it says. Will you set your eyes on that which is not? For riches certainly make themselves wings, and they fly away like an eagle toward the heaven. I saw the report last night on those of you who have 401ks. How much is your 401k lost in the last year or so? Lost big time? Thank the Lord. I don't know why I never signed up for a 401k. I never did. And what's happened over the past year or so, I'm glad I didn't. God's taking care of your 401k. Okay? If you're believing in Him, if you're trusting Him, He's taking care of that. It may not look good. And it may, be, it may not be worth half what it was worth a year ago or two. But God is in control. Do not eat the bread of a miser, nor desire his delicacies. Now this is the point I want you to get. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. As you think in your heart, so are you. You can uh, have all the right things in line. You can think that you've done it right, but if your thinking gets messed up, you got problems. If you find yourself being all worried about what's going on in the world, if you find yourself being all worried about what's going to happen tomorrow or next week or any of that kind of stuff, then you need to get your thinking straightened back out. Because we have, God, God gave me this uh, about five or six weeks ago, and my home group was going to get it. But I never got to go to home group. I, I, I've been out of home group now for five weeks, and they're mad at me, and I'm, I'm upset myself. So listen to me. Thinking is an all-important thing. You can help God do what He wants to do in your life, or you can defeat what He wants to do in your life by what you have up here between your ears. Because God has called us to do more than what the world will allow us to have. But God has called us. What do you think about your life? Do you think your life's good? Do you think your life's all a mess? Do you th how do you feel about that? What do you think? Again, we're still in this process here of trying to come along with what God has got for us. What do you think about yourself? Are you able? Are you capable? Do you think you can do what God said for you to do? Do you think you can walk it out? What do you think about yourself? What do you think about the United States? Do you think it's a wonderful place to live? 
Do you wish you were living someplace else? What do you think? What do you think about all that? See, God has a plan. He's working in us. But if we don't have the right mindset and what he's trying to work, then we're in problems. What do you think about this church? Do you think it's going the right way? Or do you think it should be going some other which way? See, again, we're in that thing where what you think will affect what God can do. Because if he's calling you to go somewhere or calling you to go do something, and every time he says that, you say, I don't know if I can. Or I can't. Or I don't want to. That kind of detracts from everything that God wants to do. What you think will flat out and affect all your life. What you think. It's not really what William's going to do that's going to affect me. It's not really what Paul's going to do that's going to affect me. It's not really what Kim's going to do that's going to affect me. But it's what I think. But you see, those people don't live inside here. And they don't have to deal with me. But I do. To work, you can help or you can short-circuit what God has planned. I don't know about you, but I'd prefer to help. Because I, I, I know why, I know, I've been down this road long enough now. You may not believe this. Most people at work don't. Next month, I'll be 60 years old. I can't even feel that myself. But what I think affects everything that I do. What I think affects everything that I allow God to do in me. When Aaron called me yesterday and said he was sick, I want to know if I could do this this morning. I could have said, I don't know. But by the same token, it worked out what I wanted in the first place anyway because I wanted my long weekend. So if I had to do this next week, which I was supposed to, I'd been coming off the last trick. God has a plan. I'm not saying he made Aaron sick so I could do this more. I ain't saying that at all. No. God doesn't work that way. But I was able to step into the gap because I trust God to fill my mouth. I trust God to fill my heart to let you know what we can do and how we can be better. God is awesome in all he does. I believe in him. I believe in what he says. I believe in what he put in the word of God, that it's not just by accident all those things are in there. Those things are in there because we live life. We live it every day just as, as we're called to. And God wants to perform miracles in us that we can't even deal with. We can't even think about it. God has so many things planned that he wants to accomplish through us, through this body, that we don't even know where we're going to go, what's going to happen, but we have to trust God to walk in that. I've talked to my son. For those of you who have been living in a cave, Aaron's my boy, okay? And he did not even anticipate being pastor at this time at this church. He wasn't even thinking about it. He was doing just satisfied being associate pastor and helping pastor do what he had to do. Well, God promoted him before he wanted to, really. And you know what? He's found out that he can trust God through all this, that he doesn't understand or know. And God will lead him and guide him into how to do the things he don't understand. So he can do the same thing in your life because he's no respecter of persons. He will do things in your life that you can't even imagine if you'll just allow him to do it. That's what we do. That's how we are. That's what Christians are supposed to be like. 
We're not supposed to come to church on Sunday morning and sit here and have three songs and uh, pray a little and listen to the pastor and go home, and then that's it for the week. That's just a start. That's just to get you lined up and get you ready for the week. Because our weeks are days. And they, they do things. That, at 12 o'clock last night, my wife has come to church with me this morning. At 12.30, she slipped off the bottom step in our living room and hit her tailbone on the second step. Now she can't sit and she can't walk. Is God absent? No. Did he know that was going to happen? Yes. Is he there to take care of it? Yes, he is. I prayed three, four, five times since last night. My God has all the answers. I don't. But I can trust him with, what, with her and what's going on with her. Because he is in charge. He's the one I trust. He's the one I follow. He's my God. <laughs> he's my God. And in that song it says he's my friend, you betcha. You betcha he's my friend. He's the one I can talk to in the middle of the night when I can't talk to anybody else. He's the one I can lay it on when there's trouble and I don't know what to do with it. He's the one I can lay it on. I trust him to take care of it. How you think, how you think affects all that. Affects all that. Affects it all. You can't find anything that you can think negative about and God will be able to work through that. Because he's a just God and he's an honest God and he's a God who leads doesn't drag got that he's not going to drag you and make you do something you don't want to do but he's going to try to direct you and try to get you going in the right direction try to get you to do the things that are out there that need to be done Thomas that's an awesome video you guys did God's putting all kinds of things and uh, imagination in you guys to do those things I'm thankful for that God will guide God will lead and God will direct Hallelujah. He is God. He is God. And he's never failed yet. I fail you a lot. Turn to Matthew 13. I'll show you how your thinking can affect what you get to do or what happens in your life. Matthew 13, 53. Now it came to pass when Jesus had finished these parables that he departed from there. And he had come to his own country. He taught them in their synagogue. So they were astonished and said, Where did this man get his wisdom, this wisdom, and these mighty works? Is this not the carpenter's son? You see, they still knew Jesus as the carpenter's son. They didn't know him as anything else. They didn't know him as the Messiah. They didn't know him as the prophet. They didn't know him. He's still a carpenter's son. Is not his mother called Mary? And his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? And his sisters, are they not all with us? Where did where then did this man get these things? So they were offended at him. They were offended at him. 
because they thought he was taking something on he shouldn't be taking on. They were offended at him because he could make chairs and build buildings or whatever with his hands. He could do all that. But they were offended at him because they thought that he was stepping out beyond himself. He was a carpenter's son. Uh, Yes, he was. But he was a whole lot more than that. He was a whole lot more than that. I'm so glad we know and understand that, that he's a whole lot more than just a carpenter's son. Woo! Hallelujah. He, he is he. He's the one who's got these goosebumps running up right up and down my arms right now. He's the one who set things in motion. He's the one who... When I was nine years old, Rested down and affected my life and affected my heart so that I couldn't do anything else but follow him. Well, I've tried. I've not always been perfect. I, I've, I've done a lot of stupid things in my life. And I, I've done, made so many mistakes you wouldn't even think about it. But when I made the mistakes, when I sinned, when I did those things that were not right, when I did those things, he tried to tell me, Mike, you don't need to do that. He was always there. When my thinking got messed up, he was always there. He never drugged me. He never fought with me. He never pushed me. But that still small voice in the back of my mind was always going, Mike, Mike, I'm here. I'm here. Trust me. I'm here. Mike, Mike. All the time I'm doing that stupid stuff, I know that voice is still going, Mike. Mike, you know what? I've learned to listen to that voice some. I still miss it every now and then. Even in my job at work, I'll be going along doing my job, and this one thing happens, and I go, okay, should I do that or should I do something else? And a lot of times I hear that voice going, just wait. Just wait. And sometimes I wait. And sometimes I charge ahead and do that thing that I shouldn't have done. And I got to go back and redo it over again because somebody messed up the order. You have that still small voice. Even that small thing, that's a very small thing. That has nothing to do with much of anything. But even that still small thing, the voice is guiding me. It's guiding me. We can make a whole lot of sense out of who we are and what we do if we think, if we listen. That's God. Because they didn't have the right thinking in Nazareth. 58th verse says, now he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. Because of their unbelief. Their thought patterns, their what they thought about him affected the things that he wanted to do there. Affected the things. He couldn't accomplish everything that he wanted to accomplish in his own hometown because of what they thought about him. Let us get in a mindset that we're going to trust God regardless of what happens. Let us get in a mindset that no matter how, where it goes or how crazy things seem, we're going to trust God to help us walk it out. That's what he wants to do. That's who he is. Remember, 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 he'll never leave. You can turn your back and walk away all you want to, and he'll still be paddling along behind you, waiting for you to turn around and see him there. 
This awakening thing that we went through, the, the fast got my attention. Wow. And it was crazy. Because I couldn't do it like I wanted to because I'd already scheduled vacation before that and we were going down to see Sam. Did you ever try, did you ever try to fast where you're on vacation and you're with your daughter? And she's seven months pregnant? The fasting don't work real well. You have to accomplish as best you can, and I did. And I did the very best I could do. I made up my mind that I was going to follow God regardless of what happened. And I made up my mind that I wasn't going to drink sweet tea for all that time. And if anybody, if any of you all know me, you know that that's what I drink is sweet tea. Water's way on the outside as far as what I want to drink. It just fit don't miss me. But I made it through all that time without one glass of sweet tea. Not one. I tried a couple times to drink some unsweet tea. And I went, <coughs> I found out that the water and the lemon was a whole lot better than the unsweet tea. But God called on us to do those things, to be what he wants us to be, to follow him. And I'm thankful that through all this stuff, because I'm, I'm telling you, Satan's upset. He don't like what we've done. I've had to deal with some own personal issues. Some of you know about them. Some of you don't. And that's fine. If you know about them, fine. Pray for me. If you don't know about them, then just pray for me anyway. But I've been able to walk and do those things. Jen and I have been able to set aside our time to do devotions and prayer and all this stuff. We're still fasting off and on. I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you the truth. I'm telling you that we can follow God and get our mindset straightened out and get back to where he wants us to be. We just have to do that. We have to be willing to do that. We have to be willing to make changes where changes need to be made. And God is guiding and directing every step. God is changing us. He wants us to be more committed than we've ever been in our lives. He wants us to walk like we've never walked in our lives. That's his plan. That's who we are. Church Triumph, that's who we are. We follow him. We may not always do it right. He never said he'd throw us away if we missed. You know, he never said he would do that to us. But he said he would help us. And he would guide us. And he would keep us. Most of us here have been here for a while. This service. Now, the second service, I, I was in the second service last week. They're all new people. Man, I'm thinking, wow, how good God is that that is the way he works. God loves us, and he wants us to follow him. And to follow him, sometimes we've got to do the hard things. When you love to run, you can't. When you'd rather walk than run, sometimes he makes you run. It's following him that matters. It's following him that matters. I'm looking at my notes, see if I got everything covered. I think I do. Satan lives to use that five-inch space you got between your ears. He does. He does. You'll find yourself in positions and things will happen, and all of a sudden that thought that you had to even think comes racing into your mind. You're going, where'd that come from? Well, if it's a good thought, it probably came from the Lord. But if it's a bad thought, I'll give you three guesses where it came from, and the first two don't count. Because he loves to defeat you. He loves to make things so hard that you can't even get a hold of what's going on in your life. 
He loves you to give you that negative thought when all, all around you is positive, but you got this negative thought running through your head. Oh, I'm so ugly. No one could love me. I can't do that because I don't know how. That didn't come from God either. I find myself in a deep corner and there's no one to help me. That's another lie. We need to know and make sure that we keep our thoughts in line with the Word. The Word gives us all the guidance we ever need. If everything that you would ever come across your life is in there. God knew all about us. He knew all about, he knew all about everything that we're going through. He knows all about everything that's going to happen to us. And He knows, which we are learning a little bit better, I think, that He has the answers. Uh, how, how strong is your brain power? Let me give you a little example. This is really, this is really a dumb example, but it planted in my heart the other day when I was thinking about this, and, and I went, yeah, okay. How many of you like going to school? Okay. I, I could go to school, but I wasn't real fond of it, especially when I was in my elementary years. And I'd get up on mornings and I'd go, I don't want to go to school today. I just hate going to school today. So I'd start thinking, what if I can make myself sick? I won't have to go to school today. And I keep thinking on that and I keep thinking on that and I keep thinking on that. I keep thinking, oh, my stomach hurts when it really didn't when it first started. Huh? You know what? After a little while of me thinking that, first thing you know, my stomach started hurting. And I keep thinking, I keep thinking, I keep thinking. Because you had to have evidence. You, it wasn't just enough to go to mom and say, oh, mom, my stomach hurts. I don't want to go to school. So you have to have evidence that you're sick. So if I kept thinking out long enough, this is not pretty. But eventually I talked myself into vomit. And I got to go to school that day. You're, you have brain power that you, you can't even get a hold of. That God does and he wants to do in us. That's the brain power. I'm, I was seven, eight years old, and I had that much brain power I could do that. Remember what you can accomplish with your brain, what you're doing, how you walk in, how you accomplish the things that you need to accomplish, how you walk before God. Sometimes when you're trying to follow God, the thing that you need to do is the hardest thing in the world you can accomplish. Why? I'll tell you what, when you get to heaven one of these days, you go talk to the Father about that because he knows all about that. I don't. But I know by the same token, when you accomplish what God said for you to accomplish, it's the greatest reward there ever was. I was, uh, we, were, we were on this vacation that I talked about when, the, when they, they fasted. And we were on our way down to Florida. And I had tried to leave on Monday. And I kept hearing, you know, remember still small voice I talked about a while ago? It kept coming back, kept coming back. Just wait. Just wait. So instead of leaving on Monday, I ended up leaving here on Thursday. And when I got down as far as Atlanta, Georgia, I was so glad that I'd waited till Thursday. Because they still had ice. I mean, this ice storm they had had been a week before this. 
they still had ice on the roads a week afterwards. And they had, they had the big signs up on 75 saying, drive carefully, watch for icy places. They were there. If I had left on Monday like I wanted to, we'd have been in a motel for three or four days, not doing anything but just sitting. It's better, a whole lot, a whole lot better to be sitting in my house than to be sitting in a motel room. You can listen to that still small voice that'll guide you to the things of your life. It'll guide you. It'll guide you in a ministry situation where you can minister. Billy Clark called me a couple weeks ago. He said, I have this ministry idea that we can do as a home group. And I went, okay. So she said, see, they got these bags of praises. And she's found out Trinity United Methodist Church allows the homeless people to come in and take showers in their shower. And she said, I think we could fill those bags with some stuff to give to those people. I said, okay, let me pray about it. So we prayed about it. Jen and I talked about it. I called her back two or three days later. I sent you an email, didn't I? I don't do that very often. I get scared of emails. Uh, And I said, yeah, let's do that. So we are in the process of getting ready. I don't know if you know my home group knows yet because I haven't been there for five weeks. We're getting the process of getting ready to do that. And when Billy called the secretary at Trinity United, she was so excited that somebody's going to take up that thing. Hallelujah. I love following to God. I do. Nothing else matters but that. He is what he is. He does what he does. I'm thankful we can do those things and listen to God. And when we get ready to do that, God will be there to meet everything we do. Hallelujah. 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 Go to Philippians. Chapter 4. I'm going to try to help you get your thinker straightened out. Actually, I'm using God's Word, so it's Him, it's not me. But to get your thinker straightened out. If you're having trouble with your thinker, this will help you a lot. I, I, I use this ver- these verses a lot of times on my own self. I use these verses a lot of times on people I'm talking to. But sometimes we get down in the dumps or get depressed or get all messed up, and we can't think out of anything else. Philippians 4.8 says this. Verse 1. I implore Eudea and implores to be of the same mind in the Lord. And I urge you also, true companion, help these women who who labor with me in the gospel, and with Clement also, and with the rest of my fellow workers, whose names are in the book of life. Next verse says, rejoice in the Lord always. And as to emphasize that, he says, again, I say, rejoice. He doesn't qualify that very well, but he doesn't say, okay, when the day's sunshiny and everything looks great and wonderful, rejoice. When it's cloudy and raining and pouring down rain or snow or whatever, just get all upset and don't even worry about rejoicing. I can't find that anywhere. 
Regardless of what you're facing, what the day looks like, how, how everything seems. If you, maybe you just got fired this morning or maybe you got laid off. Again, he doesn't say, get all down the mouth and cry and boo-hoo. He says, rejoice. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Ha! You ever been in a place where you can reach out? You can feel God there? Been there, done that. I was, I was at work a while back. It's been three or four or five years ago. And I'd been having a bad time. Just to be honest with you, I was having a bad time. And I, I, was, I was on my way to the restroom. And I walked around the corner of this core rack. And just as I got around the corner of that core rack, I felt these two big arms come around me and hug me. There wasn't a soul there but me. But Jesus was there. He was letting me know it was okay. I love that. Now, you talk about getting your thinker straightened out. Well, that'll work on you. Woo! Hallelujah. 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 It says to be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. The eighth verse says, finally, brother, finally, brother, Paul's talking to you, finally, brother, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, Meditate on these things. Meditate on these things. Don't think on all the garbage that's going on around us. Don't get upset because the people in Wisconsin are up there by the thousands demonstrating. Don't get upset because the people are in Columbus demonstrating by the thousands. Don't get upset because you see the things going on in the Middle East that are going on. Don't get upset by that stuff. Don't get upset because your paycheck has shrank. It's not bigger anymore. It's kind of pulled down a little bit. Don't get upset about all that stuff. Think on these things. If you can get your mind to set on these things and think about this stuff and think about all that good stuff that is really out there that God has done for you this week, today, tomorrow, next week, all this other stuff will be small change. It won't matter. Thank you, Father. I'm so glad God brought Jet back to us. I'm so glad that he's here with us. Talk about good stuff. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. Praise the Lord for the good things that happen. Praise the Lord for the good things that help us, that walk with us. Thank the Lord for that. These things which you heard, which you learned and have received and heard and saw in me, these do and the God of peace will be with you. God knows better than I, I do what my strengths are. God knows better than I do what my strengths are. I have a tendency to get all messed up sometimes. I have a tendency to get all beside myself. Are you, do you, again, back in my younger days, if I had a vehicle break down, oh, man, you thought the world was coming to an end. Because, you see, I'm not a good mechanic, so whenever it breaks down, I have to take somebody else to get it worked on. I couldn't do it myself. 
But now, I got a truck at home right now. I got to take the garage this afternoon. So I'd be there in the morning. Now it's just small change. It doesn't matter. God will take care of that. And he'll help the mechanic to fix it right. I'm thankful for that. These guidelines will help us to stay in tune with God and his plan. If you're thinking on good stuff, and you keep your mind settled on good stuff, and you keep trained in on the good stuff, God can work through you. If you allow yourself to get all down in a mess and get all ball humbugged out and all that kind of stuff, God's going to have a real hard time getting you to do anything that matters. Or you feel plenty sorry for yourself. And you'll go round and round and round thinking, well, this ain't going to work. And I know, that, I know that I'm just in a mess. I don't know why. I, no. Go back to thinking on the good things. That way God can work. He can't work if you get all down the mouth. He'll want to pull you out. He'll send people around you. Thank the Lord I've had, we've had uh, five or six cards come to the house this past week from people in this body wanting to help my wife. And I thank you all for all that. God's good. And he does right. I'm sorry, I picked my notes up so I wouldn't get lost. We find ourselves being consumed by the thoughts. Negative thoughts. Yet if we find ourselves getting consumed by his thoughts, what a difference. (laughs) What a difference. He is God, and He does it good, and He does it well. We can accomplish much if we'll take joy in His thoughts. If we take joy in His thoughts, we can accomplish a lot. In the first chapter of Philippians, Paul put it this way. I'm being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it. Well, complete it. If he's begun a good work in you, he's going to see it finished. He's not going to take you halfway and drop the ball and let you sit there. He's going to see it finished. Whatever he's called you to do, he's going to see it finished. He will complete it. He will complete it. Let's try it again. He will complete it. How many of you are walking something that you're not done with yet? Huh? He will complete it. That's, that's a better guarantee than you get a Sears, ain't it, Patrick? <laughs> I got tools from there. I get to take them back every now and then and get new ones. But anyhow, God will complete that work he started in you. It won't be half done. It'll be finished. He'll complete it. We're all a work in progress. I know that, and I understand that perfectly well. But he's called you to more than this. He's called you to more than this. And that's what you need to know and understand. That he's not finished with you. He's not finished with you. You may have been walking a hard road for the last month or two or three or six or whatever. But he's not finished with you. If he started something in you, guaranteed, he wants to see it finished. He wants to see it finished. I can't hardly wait for him to finish it. <laughs> Hallelujah. He's my Lord, my Savior. He's my friend. He's my Heavenly Father. 
We had Brother Nick Van Busker go home here just a couple weeks ago. He waited a long time to make that confession, but he made it. God saw the job completed. <laughs> wow. You can't get any better than that. You can't get any better than that. My God does all that stuff right, and he does it well. I'm so thankful that he does. I'm so thankful that he keeps trying to affect his brain that Satan wants to get into, too. And a lot of times there's a war going on there. I don't know about your head, but my head gets hurt sometimes. There's so much going on inside there. But God loves us, and he wants us. He wants us to be at peace with him. He wants us to do the things that he's called for us to do. I'm thankful. I'm thankful. I'm thankful. I praise God for all he does. If your thinker's messed up and you need help today, we're here to pray for you. Let's all stand. Hunger for leaders, you can come. We got all these wonderful people up here who will help you, who will pray with you, who will see that you get in contact with the Father. If you've got a problem and you can't seem to get out of it and your head's all messed up and you don't know what to do tomorrow, you don't know how to get by today, come up here and get hold of one of these people. They'll pray with you. They'll pray with you they can just get the answer. We thank you, Father. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for all that you are. We thank you, Father, for everything that you do, Father. We're thankful, Father God, that you want our minds, Father God, centered on you, Lord God. Not to be looking to the right or left, Father God, but to trust you with everything we think and know. We praise you and thank you, Father, for this day, Father. We praise you for all that you are, Lord. Keep our thinking straight, Father God. Help us to be centered in on you, Lord. We praise you for it and thank you for it now. In your name, Father, we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Won't you come if you need?